So, welcome to the Walls Can Talk podcast. On hey. this episode, we have Dale Grimshaw. Hello. And Nelly. Hey. Um, yeah, do you guys want to introduce yourselves a little bit? Um, well, my name is Dale Grimshaw. I'm an artist from um, the north of England originally, but I've been based in London for over 20 years now. So, I'm a hybrid of Northernisms and, and Londonisms. Um, but yeah, I lived here and work and have my studio here and consider myself a Northern Londoner. Hi everyone, I'm Nelly. Um, I've been documenting street art and graffiti for over seven years. I have known Dale for the same time duration. I very often help him out on bigger scale works, studio visits, taking pictures. And you can always find me in East or North London mm -hmm. in my spare time taking pictures of urban art. Nice. And how did you guys meet each other? On the streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in true fashion. I think it was, I think I was, I was doing a mule to promote um, a spray can range, which was a bit cheesy, but I really believed in the product. So it wasn't like a paid thing. I was a big, a big fan and still a big fan of the product. But I think you were impressed, weren't you, Nelly, that I, I think I was kneeling on the floor in like a puddle. It was just pissing down with rain and you were on your lunch break and I was still, but when a lot of people just run off and. They don't want the makeup to smudge in the rain, and um, the so yeah, I think that you were a bit thrown by. You were like, "Why are you doing painting in the rain?" So I think that's how we originally started chatting, wasn't mm. it? And um, something like that, yeah. But so you can find me hanging round on my yeah. knees, and, and I keep on and stalking you. Yeah, and then she she stalked me ever since on online and offline. You were reaching through my bins once, if I remember. Back Not in once. The day. That's just, just the twice, time you yeah. noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And you guys work together still now? Yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's quite organic. It's not. Well, of late, it's got a bit more kind of organised. But in the early days, it just kind of happened, wasn't it? What I was saying earlier about the word networking, I think, you know, so I was going to chat to that person and you can network with them. But as I was saying earlier to somebody, um, when you get on with people and you like them and it all works and everything goes fine, you don't actually have to network in inverted commas because you naturally want to repeat the process. And I think that was like that with me and you, weren't it, really? We just used to chat away about utter nonsense for five yeah, hours and, and we're like, this is good. We've, so. been, we've been on mural projects in Hanover, Germany, in Romania, yeah. in Manchester, Bristol, and it's, it's got all to do with we get along, yeah, you know, so yeah. we can spend a longer time together without killing each other. Yeah, yeah. That might yet to come. <laughs> yeah, there's a machete in my bag, so you never know if you... Push your luck, but yeah, no, it's just been quite organic, which is nice rather than as opposed to as the same being really over kind of um, commercial and um, yeah. Well, I think that's corporate the thing. If you, in if a way. You're spending just... a long amount of time with somebody, just getting on with them and being able to hang out. Yeah, is, is yeah. Because like it can be stressful as well. I mean, there's this idea about painting on the streets and it's really glamorous and everybody's really cool and they're doing coke with shipping food. But the reality is the lift's broke down, it's raining. You know, I'm, I normally get very stressed. Um, as the mural is completed, the stress, stress levels go down. But at the beginning, it can be quite tense and it can be, yeah, it can be quite, it's not easy, you know, it's not for the faint hearted doing a kind of three-story building in the rain or whatever and um all yeah. the locals abusing you all who, the locals who wanted this why are you painting this why are you doing give me money but yeah manchester was a good example we did cities of hope and things and nelly came up 
I think you stayed in my hotel room and um, yeah. I used to just load you were on the floor, but I used to load all my spray paint into these um, supermarket trolleys and push them back through a hotel in the lift. <laughs> but yeah, you were kind of, so it was all very kind of grassrootsy. But yeah, the locals, we were dealing with the, the actual corner where I was doing the mural was a bit of a hangout because as we know, you know, in England, there's lots of problems with drugs and unemployment and homelessness. But we were right in the middle, weren't we? And when we turned up, there was a lot of homeless people and very noticeably um, a lot of addicts and things. So we kind of had to, it was a bit of a bizarre thing. They were like, who are you? And we were like, who are you? But, I think yeah, after it was a we sussed them out, they yeah, were quite yeah, okay. There was a, they a were level really of homeless, respect, really but, nice. Um, yeah, it was, um, it worked well, but um, yeah, it, it can be a bit tense sometimes because you're going into people's environments, aren't you? In your neighbourhood and... Yeah, kind of a bit like who are you and what are you doing? But um, yeah, it worked well, didn't it? Nelly had a bit of a bad back from sleeping on the floor in my hotel. Yeah, then, I'm still suffering. Then you're still... paying for the hospital <laughs> bills. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I I always feel um, I mean you know because I I film murals and yeah. take photos and stuff um, professionally, and I think most people's view of it is the glamorous massive finished mural yeah yeah but you know we've we've been doing jobs where it's like four in the morning liverpool you're up a cherry picker, yeah yeah piercing it down yeah. with rain uh one of the guys who worked with pete is probably a bit like you in the sense yeah. of like he just kept going yeah it was I like do, just I do. towel dry the wall a little bit and yeah then yeah that's what the, yeah yeah i call it a, um a dab spray cover so um, i've actually yeah yeah he's, i like that approach but um, as I said, it's not for the faint-hearted, really, is it? It's um, yeah, it can make or break people, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of with the weather and things. I think being English as well, kind of. Uh, yeah, I think when I go to other countries and they say you've got to come down for tea break and you've got to stop for a siesta and it's that I guess because my dad was that cliche kind of northern builder approach. I kind of have a bit of that, and I kind of, um, I think the more, um, the worse the weather, the, it makes, I remember a mate, I used to sing in punk bands and stuff, but I remember a mate of mine who said, I, I just can't be doing with the abuse anymore, and he said, but Dale, I really like it, because you get a few people in the front, and they start pissing you off, or they throw something, it makes you angry, and the kind of punk, it wasn't like Buzzcocks, kind of pop punk, but very kind of, and it really adds to the, to the performance in a way, be delivering that kind of music. And it's a bit like that with the music. When it starts raining, it does that to me. I say, you fucking bastards. Bring it on, you bastards. So it's kind of, in a way, I, I sometimes thrive off that adversity a little bit. Um, so, do, so do you like the kind of painting, You feel alive, like, don't you? fiercely? Like... Yeah, I like doing long hours. But you feel alive as well, don't you, Nelly? When you're up there in the elements... It sounds really naff. Oh, you feel really think... alive. But you, do, you you come back. I used to read about these bands like Metallica come back from like a world year-long tour and even just doing a five-day meal, you come back and you're like, fuck, you have to like adjust to normal life on the settee. And it's, but yeah, it's... you do feel alive though. It sounds naff, but... I think after the, depending on how big the wall, second, third, fourth day, when it starts to kind of come together, that's yeah. quite satisfying, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because until then, you know, you're up on the lift, you concentrate on the little small area yeah. and then bit by bit. But yeah, yeah very long hours, sometimes weirdos, 
come by all the time because they know you're stuck <laughs> yeah. at this surface for five, and six they can days. Get you, yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's also there's a lot more positives. We got quite yeah. a lot of freebies through the yeah. years. Drinks, yeah, we have. Yeah, I'm still drinks, living off food. Of yeah, but yeah, it's that kind of. I mean, I'm not criticizing people who use headphones and things when they paint, but. I know you've got to get on with the work, but for me, there's that social element as well, because you are, and I ran a gallery myself, so I had a good idea at the time what kind of people were coming in and what kinds of groups of people weren't coming into the gallery. So when you paint, you know, you get access or they get access to you, all these different people, they say, oh, excuse me, love, excuse me, you like, yeah, and they start chatting to you on the way to the supermarket. So I think they're quite important because um, art is something, again, sounds a bit naff, but it is something that should be for everybody. And what's happened, it's kind of been intellectualised and a certain group of people, usually people from working class backgrounds, black, white, whatever colour, they tend to be feel like art is an arm's length thing. You can't come into a gallery. You haven't got the money. Your face doesn't fit. As where, you know, there's some housewife coming back with the shopping or house husband or whatever coming back. It's kind of a nice, it, it's quite accessible and I kind of like that. So, um, yeah, as, but as Nelly said, you know, you do end up getting kind of coined by every kind of drug dealer and, yeah, the whole caboodle. So, yeah, yeah. you've got to be a bit, well, it's raw, have a sense you know? of humour. Yeah. Like, you're, you're really out there on the street. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I've only been doing this job since July, yeah. I think. Um, and you aged five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get the anti-wind kind of stuff in that time. Yeah. I'm really 18. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. actually 16 years old. Oh, work experience. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, being from the north. Yeah. Whereabouts yeah. do you hail from? I'm from a place called um, Accrington, which I think is um, known for being having the oldest football team, but it's not factually true. It's one of the older ones, but it was featured in, I'm showing my age, it was in the, I think in the 80s or even late 70s, there was a, a milk advert, um, basically, yeah, where Accrington Stanley's dropped in this big internationally, uh, sorry, nationally famous advert. So, yeah, people of a certain, I'm boring, if you have a certain age group, you, you start, even though you've never met me, people just start quoting the um, the milk advert. But yeah, so Accrington's not famous for much, really, apart from me. And um, I don't know what else. Who's famous for Accrington? Just know. you. That's just me. <laughs> there's a, I think there's an opera singer, Harrison Birch, with so there's Yeah, we're not, I don't think we've got an abundance of um, people, but yeah. So and it's that, a small. Is that when it all started, art wise. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Just kind of um, again, you know. I was from. I, I was brought up by my mum. We didn't particularly have. You know, often people say, "Where'd you get your art from?" But there was nowhere in particular, really, because of my background. There was. I'm not saying they kind of hindered it, but you know, it wasn't something like, "Hey, you're going to be an amazing artist and whatever." You know, a famous actor in New York. It was something. I, I even to this day, I don't know where the bloody hell it came from. My mum had some constable prints. Um, who's a landscape artist, by the way. Um, we had some constable prints on our wall and they were very painterly and in pasta. So I can kind of see where that paint, love of, of uh, oil paint came from with my studio work. But yeah, when I first started, people kind of didn't believe me. Um, I remember an old guy who was at my dad's house and he, he basically called me a liar. And he said, who's done this? And I think I've done some like oil pastels. 
And he was saying, who's done this? And you must have stolen the oil pastels. I think that was too, because I was really into shoplifting. But it was a, that, <laughs> that just illustrates the point. How He was like, who's done this? Get off it. Who is it? You couldn't have done oh, this. Oh, people were surprised. Yeah, there was a bit of that. But I found that whole my life, you know. People make assumptions about certain groups of people. And if you don't seem like you're from this extraordinary sun-dried tomato background, it's kind of, people do make, and I, we all judge people, don't we? But even now, people make assumptions about you. And it's quite funny sometimes. Like I said, you've got to have a sense of humour. But um, yeah, certainly back then, it was very different because at school, and I was in trouble at school. I wasn't a violent kid, but I was kind of always late and I was always kind of in my own world, kind of a, um, so I drew attention from the teachers, so it was kind of all for the wrong reasons, and I think the art, rather than the, the teachers going, God, this is really amazing, I think my behaviour, and as I got older, the punk thing, I was kind of going to school with my hair dyed and stuff, it kind of overshadowed some of the things I was doing uh, creatively, so it was a shame, yeah, but hey, look at where I am now, kind of a penthouse in New York, and I proved them all wrong, but yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it just came from nowhere, really. And I, and I think what's happening now with the double, I do a, like this little hermetic lifestyle in the studio and then I go and paint outside. I think it was always like that because I would paint, like I would nick these kind of like oil pastels and do like a nice like painting of a rose for my gran. And she's always a sweet little boy. But then I was getting into graffiti, I was seeing a lot of punk stuff around, you know, punk band names like the Stranglers, the Damned. The Sex Pistols are also a lot of, political graffiti, um, support the miners, fuck Thatcher, Thatcher A kind of thing. So it was really, I wasn't, didn't, it was before that B-boy thing, not came to England, but I didn't know, you know. So you've got almost more of a punk yeah, it is. To it, yeah, like, I mean that's yeah, definitely because of that. And if you you know if you kind of look at the tattoo on my arm, of my you can kind of see it's what done with Indian. It says Grimmy, but it's, Grimmy. No, you know, like, old. Yeah, right. it's kind of from when I was a teenager. But if you look at that, you get a sense. You kind of see those fonts on walls, and people would just get a big fucking brush and write Maggie out or something. But I think it's a shame, really, because there's a part of our street public art or political art or graffiti, whatever you want to call it, that's been overlooked a little bit, especially with the b boy culture. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but I think, oh, well, I still do it now. I'll be at a bus stop, and somebody will be like, Debbie P is a slut by so and people still have those and I kind of love and I think that's what inspired me those little dialogues you would get somebody would write something and then somebody would cross it out so I mean that was a big influence to me but my grand didn't realize I was doing this she's always done me a lovely little oil pastel but what my grand didn't realize was I was Nicky Marcus from Wellies in Accrington and um, I think I helped them put them out of the business by the way and I was like <laughs> yeah, was writing Dale G you know I didn't have a uh, much concept of the concept of anonymity, and I kept wondering why I was getting Carl writing Dale G. Afterwards, I became grimy, but um, yeah, and I kind of thought. So were you getting in trouble for that? Yeah, I was starting. I think the first time I was probably about nine when I wrote on a a, um, a very low um, street sign, and somebody banged on the window and said, "Oh," and she knew my dad, and she said, "It's written." I think it was called Cross Edge, the street, and I just added a D on, so it said Crossed Edge, but somebody saw me, so the very first time I was like, yeah, I, don't, I think it was like a green felt tip, but I was just very young, I cut it out. So it kind of started there, and I kind of learned about anonymity and, and um, 
But yeah, I got in a lot of trouble at school, vandalising the toilets. But everybody knew it was me because I'd always put on my favourite punk bands. And they'd say, that's definitely Dale. And then I would write, Dale G and things and still puzzled why <laughs> I, I was getting proud, the ruler. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, yeah, I've still got this double world going on. Yeah, so in a way of the out. fine art stuff and then that fascination with being outside and that feral, it's more of a feral approach to mic making and art and squibbling and graffiti. So, so when did you first sort of think like, yeah, I'm getting good at this, I want to do this? Like, I don't know really, it's funny because when I was at primary school, people used, all the kids, well, I want to play for Manchester United, but I used to just tell, I guess I had middle class aspirations, I used to say, I want to be an art student, I didn't realise an art student was the pathway, to, I'd say, I want to be an art student because I was only like seven or whatever. But I think from an early age, I kind of knew I wanted to be creative, but um, it was kind of drummed out to me a little bit. But um, I think when I went into Curve when I was like 14 and the teachers kind of saw something in me because they just let us paint on the walls and things where normally at school, you know, was, I got expelled and stuff for that behaviour. So it was nice to go into the environment people were like, Actually, yeah, quite good, carry on. And the kind of the things that people were kind of raising their eyebrows and tutting over when I went into, I'm not saying criticising my mum that she wasn't encouraging my art because she does, but when you went into another environment and there was me and, I mean, basically most of the girls were, to be blunt, and it, it says a lot about the way we treat young people in care, but a lot of the young ladies I met have been abused, sexually abused or physically abused. All the guys have been done for football hooligans or nicking cars and they threw us all in together. And I think what happened, I just came along with my blue Mohican and I was like a vegetarian and I was doing art and they were like, yeah, we like this. So it was kind of nice being, and I wasn't really a violent kid, so it was kind of nice. It was the first time somebody had said, you know, and I think because I was doing a lot of glue sniffing and drinking, I think they were always trying to find ways of steering me away. So it was kind of, yeah, I think that was the first time where I people said i think you need to go to college stop glue sniffing get into art college and um and i think that was the very beginning but um yeah it was a bit of a springboard and here i am yeah da, 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 da. so you went to college yeah i did i did a few courses up like i didn't i was like the specials i've you know song i've only got one all level or something i can't remember i left school but yeah i started at a very basic entry level um and I just worked my way up, really, and worked my way up. I didn't have the academic grades. Um, and was, been it, was expelled. it kind of canvases or mural, doing murals um, at this point? Just actually a bit more graphic design, really. Oh, right. It was loads, a bit because it was more commercial. Because the idea of you know doing oil paintings and sell them just wasn't very council estate, really. It was like, you've got to do something practical and you've got to be like a graphic designer. So I didn't know, and it was only really till my mum died, and I just had this kind of like epiphany, and I was like kind of 18, I was 19, and just thought, I don't want to be a fucking graphic designer, I want to paint. And I'd always, and it went back to the constable prints on my mum's wall, you know, at Clarence Road in Ferngore, Rackington. Don't stalk the house because there's probably a nice young family living there. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but it goes right back to that, about that love of painting. And I think with me, I'm, I'm just at my happiest when I'm kind of smearing oil paint or acrylic paint. It, it's kind of where I come into my own. It's my language, but um, I didn't know at the time, but I can see the pathway now. Yeah. I checked out the, um, 
Talking about smearing, I checked out the is it the Susie and the Banshees oh, yeah. cover? Yeah, yeah. What's the, I can't remember what the track's called now. Which one? Um, yeah. And there was an Ad, Adam and the Ants. Yes, and yeah. The Xerox but, machine. Yeah, the, yes, like yeah, like yeah. The, new, the, the kind of ghostly photography where yeah, yeah. it was like double exposed. Yeah, yeah. When I, and at the time, I didn't realise, because it's quite fashionable now doing a lot of this painter. We've spoken about this, haven't we, Nelly? So... I'm going to give Nelly a, a, a bit of space and then I will stop talking. But we've had this conversation about kind of movement in pain, you know, that creating that ghostly movement thing. But it was there all along, you know, back in 1980, looking at yeah, Adam and the Ants covers and a lot of the colloid stuff as well, you know, G. Vorture and Jamie Reed. It was all there, but it's only till later on, you kind of go, it was there all along. So, um, yeah, they were quite influential, but again, I didn't realise some oh, of those so early... more like subconscious. Yeah, I think they were, you know, it's when I look at... I mean, I was doing more blurry stuff about 10 years ago with that very painterly movement. But I'm kind of going back to that again a little bit. But it was always there years ago. But you don't realise because you don't always realise what your influences are as a kid. And it's just a... I used to love, like, history books, medieval history books and a lot of indigenous Native American imagery and punk record covers. So it was kind of... It was all there, the foundations. But I just didn't... Like and I was quite right. excited by it all. But I wasn't like other children. They wanted to play football. And I wanted to look at medieval soldiers and kind of listen to naughty music and things in my mind. <laughs> adult adult music really looking for adult, yeah yeah grown-up stuff grown-up grown up stuff. stuff yeah so, yeah so uh nelly where did the street art photography come in for you then um seven and a half years ago wrote they rolled instagram app to android phones so i was aware of the app but i hate apple products and i was like oh yeah i want to use this i want to take continuous pictures of something but what yeah. Didn't want it to be the extension of my Facebook because that's just boring, not interested in flowers or taking pictures of animals. And I used to work around Brick Lane and I thought, okay, street I come, always changes, let's take pictures. And that's where all the madness started. Yeah. And that's when I met Dale and hundreds of other people. Yeah, yeah. And it was really odd because I thought, okay. If I get 75 followers, that will be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then 35,000 followers later, and when I meet the artists who just happen to paint, you know, I just go up to them on the street, say hi, if I can take pictures. And I never tell people who I am on social media unless we spoke there beforehand. And um, it's really odd. Very often we talk for 10 minutes with someone who I never met in my life, and they're like, Oh, I know who you are yeah, because yeah. I'm aware of you. I follow you on social. My friend was here yeah. who was also an artist a few months ago. And this I, I still find really odd. Yeah. See, that, that, that seems quite strange to me because I'm a pretty relatively anonymous person. Yeah. Like people don't yeah. know how I, who I am. But it would be really weird for me to go and meet people who like already know my body of work yeah, like yeah. extensively. Um, yeah. You ease up. Within seven years, you're going to ease up. You know, I see an artist on Instagram who years ago, like, yo, don't take pictures of me, even though they weren't painting illegally. Now they are posing pictures with people. Yeah, tag me in it. You just ease up because you know that social media is not going to go away. And yeah. especially if you're on the street 
and if you paint a mural, that's definitely not going to go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, loads of people eased up about it, including me. You know, the yeah. weird thing I see a lot now um, when I'm filming people is you get a lot of tourists coming by. Yeah, They'll yeah. walk up and put a camera right yeah, in someone's yeah. face. Uh, yes. Not even saying hello. I like, know. It's, it's, can I take a photo? And I've kind of got used to the stills, but the Before the you one... start there, I have to point out I'm not like that. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I have to say for the record, yeah, you are. You're really... No, Nelly is very conscient. You're very aware and you never post images until the artist has post mm. their definitive image. Yeah, but not everybody has those ethics. And, and to be honest, not everybody knows because, like I said, they're just somebody on the way back from the shop sometimes and not always a Japanese tourist with 50 phone cameras some of it's naivety but the one that I've noticed is uh, and it tends to be younger people who are videoing you so they'll come up they won't say hi who are you you know my name's Jamal or whatever they just like start videoing you there and it's sort of really but weird. aren't you there for their entertainment well you are obviously exactly. yeah it is a bit weird yeah yeah it it's is. quite weird it's just weird because you wouldn't do it in a supermarket you wouldn't do it at a bus stop yeah if you did it would it could upset people but I think as Nelly said yeah it's almost like people have this weird notion that because everything's out there now isn't it everybody's a celeb everybody's free for the taking and everybody's commercial and so, so yeah so the, 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 there's a few bad kind of habits creeping in but what Nelly was talking about going abroad or in England about meeting people I think what's really great about this or whatever term you want to call it urban art or street art or graffiti is it's probably so many like mongols together it's a really weird mix of people from all of all different age groups and i don't know just a really bizarre mix of people who like you know including us including well excluding me and you but yeah i just see it and i think it's great you know a lot of people who this network has formed now and it is very grassroots i think it's you know nobody's really famous or it's just um it's just people getting to know people's online accounts or artwork and and it's yeah i mean you've introduced me to people and you know yeah. um who now i consider friends and it's really weird um how it's all spread and it's really nice um because london can be i'm not saying it, it you know it can be quite a, a kind of i don't know i guess being a northerner you can find it a little bit unfriendly not saying no londoners are unfriendly but just the general well, feeling it's like an overflowing it. bucket of water Northerners and it, are generally more friendly well we are on the surface so i'm mixed yeah. about that i've got to be careful because the londoners have kicked my head in and the, the northerners are like why are you saying we're not as friendly as everybody says but you know london has that overflowing bucket of water thing it's constantly moving but so i think it's nice you know kind of um I've met loads of new people when I'm at an age really where I'm, you know, I wouldn't be considering making new friends and things. Um, it's nice that everybody's just meeting and meeting people from different countries. And it's, I never really expected that to happen. And I think when it all kicked off, you know, this scene, you know, 15 years ago and things, I, I don't know. It's just kind of, even though a lot of the galleries, a lot of established artists are up there now, aren't they? And they've made it and kind of they're very, some almost like household names on the street, I'd say. But then there's a whole load of us that are still surviving on our own terms. And, and it's kind of really fascinating how it's, how it's worked out, I think, anyway. But yeah, that's my top answer. Is it weird for you, um, sort of going back to the social media thing, like, is it strange for you now 
that that is you know it's so much more connected because presumably yeah. when you started it, it was yeah. 15 years ago yeah doing, like, well it was people weird would have probably yeah. not been walking up to you yeah. Kind of right in the face, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's changed the art. I mean, the internet hasn't it? it's changed absolutely everything. All the way we date, the way we meet people for sex, the way we shop, absolutely everything. Don't worry, we're not going to get onto point up like we did before we stopped recording. Um, but in the end, and it's interesting for people my age group to have seen the art world a little bit before the internet because you would go to a gallery and the gallery would present this artist and you'd have some flyers and you could take a flyer, it wouldn't have the artist phone number or emails didn't exist but you know you couldn't contact them your only form of contact with the artist was often through a gallery if you didn't know them but that's those old dynamics have changed now you can write to people on social media so it's it's changed the way people view art and it's changed the way people buy art for good and for bad i think it's uh, i think it's it's easier access uh, to art uh, even if in a way that you just follow someone on instagram um also, what I told you last year, because I also run street art tours, loads of American people who join my tours would email me um, yeah. images of your work. And are we going to see work from this guy? Oh, yeah, and at yeah. that point, you weren't painting in America. No. So the only way they could see it, your Instagram account, they follow blogs. So it would be really interesting to see someone putting a study together how social media helped this art form go yeah. mainstream. Yeah, I think that's, I saw, yeah, I think somebody did touch on that. Um, a guy from America, yeah, I think he did something. But um, yeah, it's just changed the way everything's done in a way. But it's kind of fascinating for me to have seen both sides because some younger artists coming through, it's all they know really on that. But um, and it's weird with me, mic making as well, because I watched some artists and they'll go, and then they'll take a picture, and almost taking the picture is part of the mic making. As well, my brain doesn't think like that. I finished mural like five days, and people have said you haven't taken one single picture. So it's kind of weird that vocabulary is is not mine in a way. But I'm I'm learning, you know. You're picking, but yeah, I mean it's gone a bit too far. You look on some artists' Instagram pages, and I don't know. You can see them pouting, and they've got a cut off little number, and there's a bit of that going on which i just think cheapens things a bit but it's all for the for the likes and thing i don't know maybe yeah. i should well, just I get a bra and some cut off hot the pants and, into the, yeah know, putting the, the artists in front of yes yeah, the Andy Wall. i always find weird there. about um you know i see a lot of people taking selfies in front of murals yeah and i see it again more broadly at like the natural history museum yeah people taking selfies in front of every single fossil and dinosaur yeah. and it's yeah. like you're not the most important thing in here. Like you could appreciate that. You yeah. don't have to physically put yourself in between it yeah. and then take a photo. Yeah. Which I just, yeah, I find that really strange. I mean, I do with my generation thing. Yeah, it was, it was funny. When I moved to London, I shared a flat with this. I, I never actually, to be blunt, really met a lot of, you know, black people in little, little old Lancashire. You know, it's different now, but back in the day in Accrington, it wasn't, renowned for being multicultural but I was sharing a flat with a mate of mine from uni Joel he was called um I don't think you've met him have you know you would know with Joel he's very kind of he's Parisian and he's very Parisian which I just used to think he was putting this accent on to chat up girls and things but he really was because I met he had that really cliched flirty 
very uh, Parisian accent. But yeah, he would cut, I forgot my thread now, I've been ranting on about Joel. Where was I? Oh yeah, and I remember going, they said, yeah, I've got this spare room. And I remember going, and Joel had done a bit of modelling, he'd done a bit of light. It was a bit of a nudist as well, just turning up and he'd have no clothes on. I was like, Can I have his number? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jim, I'm not from Accrington. But he just, I'd never really met anybody like that. He just had this wild hair and he was a buddhist and he would like to walk around naked and things. And it, I remember this moment where he had all these um, photo booth um, pictures of him all in his hallway. And I just thought it was really, this was like back in the 90s. I mean, and I said, how vain is that? When it, was all, it just didn't get what I was saying because I was brought up with a bit of that self-deprecator when I was coming back to about the art. And, you know, if you tried to sing it, oh, shh, you know, yeah, don't, yeah. don't make a racket, you know. Cat's chorus, and if you tried to draw, people would put you down. And it was always that very, and this is what I mean about, I'm not saying it's just a northern thing, but there's, I think we're changing our attitude. That yeah. self deprecating well, thing as well. It's a British thing. Of yes, a little bit of deprecating. Yes, yeah. Kind of yeah, so I wasn't brought up with that. We certainly didn't really avoid cameras when I was a kid. So, so the idea now of everybody, to, as you say, is is quite a big jump for me um, as well. Given that you know, poor Jolie only had a few photo booth pictures, and I condemned him to hell. But I just, even at that time, I just wasn't brought up with putting images of myself, and I, it seemed really alien to me. He was really like good looking, and he worked out and had all his hairs. Of course, why didn't he pause for the pictures? But I think it's just... Um, anyway, I'm babbling on. Yeah. I don't know if that well, answers no, the it's, fucking it's question. Interesting. I was going to yeah. ask... Um, but it was so just when, a moment that I remember yeah, that, yeah. thinking that. I was going to ask, when did you move to London? Or what, what age I came... Uh, I, always, I was always reading about... I was always reading a lot when I was a kid, and it, again, it would always be about the punk scene in London, the Pistols, and um, the Clash and Malcolm McLaren and Adam and the Ants. So I knew, well, I thought I knew a lot about London just in these little snippets you would get in magazines and and things. Um, and obviously, we'd watch Top of the Pots, there'd be lots of bands on, you know, the UK subs, the Exploited, and there'd be always adult things coming into the living room, and, and the world and London was like this, another world for me. I mean, basically living in Accrington, I always felt the world was something that happened somewhere else. And um, which is a shame, really, because I think Julian Corpson, you know, we're almost programmed to slag off our hometown. And when you look at it like that, because we all have, whether you're German or you're from Zimbabwe or you're from Sweden, there's always this thing, of, I was saying this self-deprecating, oh, I come from the worst place, it's so boring. So I kind of tried to override that, but I knew as a young child that, there was something more for me. I had this like weird burning ambition. Again, I don't know where it came from, really. And um, so, yeah, when my mum died, I was I was already, I, I was at my own flat and things because I'd left her, you know, I was kind of doing very adult things at like 17 illegally. I was paying my rent and things I wasn't even supposed to be doing. I was running my own flat. And I knew there was, I had to get out of the town, even though I was kind of, doing you know my art and things so yeah I think when my mum died when I was 19 it was almost like the day after even though I was dealing with death and things and and losing something which I'd never experienced it was like whoa and again being northern all my mates avoided me and you know a year later so I didn't really know what to say so I was dealing with all these things but one of the things that did come out of that very painful hermetic period was that I realised that it was time to go. So in a way, it, the death the death card, the tower card, was a bit of a springboard again. And it, 
but at the time, again, I couldn't see that that adversity was a change for my life because it was quite a traumatic time. So I'm quite an emotional time. So yeah, it just made me realise I'm going. And, then, and I applied and then, for college, I had the sanctuary of getting um, accepted and that was it. I was out of there like, pew. So it was London yeah. the like, you were like, I need to leave. Yes. London's the place. That's like, the place, boom, yeah. That's where I'm going. Yeah, I was very definite. Yeah, I was very definite. But um, And I didn't feel there was any ties emotionally. I didn't feel there was any kind of, um, I don't know. Yeah, there was a lot of bad memories my childhood had been. You know, it's been quite tough and things, and um, yeah, I just it was. Uh, and at the time, I was slagged off. I remember speaking to my gran, who was actually asked me about my art. She was she was from a traveler background, I think. She covered it up, but if you met my gran, she was quiet. I mean, she had like her eyebrows, she had like big boomerang boy George clear bats. She had them tattooed on her face back in the I don't know, it was the late 70s, I can't... But she recently died, and you all... Yeah, yeah. But, you know, people didn't... You know, she was born in 1927, and she made all these polka dot claws, and she kind of... The locals called her a witch, and the kids would throw stones, but she was quite unusual, and um, she had all her ears pierced around, and she was quite... You could see where I got a bit... I mean, I think it was there, but I think poor Graham was... I could see, you know, she was kind of a captive of this small town, and she just, you know, people spattered her in the street. She would, because people just back then in the 50s, you just didn't walk around looking like Cleopatra. But what was funny, she died recently, but and she went into an old people's home. She had dementia and I had to facilitate all this because there was nobody else. And, um, and the care staff went, we've given your grandma a first shower because she lived in this little cottage with no running water. And it was very, very... People thought, I'm making this shit up, but it's true. So she'd never really had a shower. She was really freaked out. So the, the curse staff were like, one, she's really freaked out over a shower, but two, her eyebrows are tattooed on. And I was like, yeah, where to go, girl? I suspected, because even though she, she covered them up with paint, you know, she redid them. She was quite innovative. So, you know, grandmas just didn't have their eyebrows tattooed on back in the day and things yeah, so she was like quite a punk rock yeah aesthetic. and it was but the weird thing is with grant she was very lancashire as well and i remember applying for college and um and i got accepted and i said to my grant i'm moving to london i was very close to my grant and she was quite upset and she said something along she said what what she said i've seen that bloody london on tv she said she said it's full of what do you want to go there for? It's full of like drugs and guns and prostitutes. Now I remember. That's why. Yeah, and I said to my gran, I said, do you know what, gran? I fucking well hope so, because I'm done with here. And she was like, yeah. So in a way, she was. I think as she got older before she died, she could see how much influence she'd had on me. But at the time, the Accringtonness, she didn't. You know, people would look at her and just be like, whoa, you know. Yeah. But she I was quite conservative when I was into the punk thing, and I was kind of shocking her, but she couldn't see how she, the effect she was having walking down the, the street. She really was quite eccentric. Uh, but she just so wanted it, to be herself. She was, and she didn't give a fuck. You so know, she might have fitted um, in, you know, she would. in the punk scene. Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah she'd <laughs> been there. But she'd probably come to London. People of my grand's class wouldn't have moved. Like I said, I think her family were travellers, and I think they'd moved around. But I don't think she... 
maybe if my gran was like 20 now, she would probably come to London. But it was, um, yeah, it's interesting seeing how those creative, she obviously had a lot of creativity and it was kind of squashed in really. So yeah, when, you know, people from London go, oh, it's really friendly up north. I said, well, it is, but you know, it can also, that it can be quite parochial as well if, if you don't fit in. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking, um, because I, I suppose the punk thing kind of links in with like people who look quite strikingly different. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the main things I, I noticed about your art, like murals. Yeah, stuff. yeah. It's, you know, compared to like where I'm from in Norfolk. Yeah, yeah. Very, very few tribal Aboriginal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of looking people. Yeah. Find um, us a war, we'll go and paint we're, it. We're, <laughs> bring it on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when, when did you kind of, do you think the punk rock sort of aesthetic inspired you to paint people like that? Or how um, did that kind it of It all goes about? round and round, because like I said, at the same time I was becoming aware of, you know, images of people like Susie and the Banshees. And a lot of it now with hindsight, people like Adam Ant and Susie and the Banshees, they were using that very almost like... Um, Japanese geisha, but then there was the kind of clear pattern. You know, it's quite, it's the, that image has been diluted down now, and it's good, you know. I was watching cricket a few years ago, just to happen to be on, and there was some like Asian cricket player with a red Mohican, and I was like, hmm, it's gone a long way since you were getting your head kicked in, you know, <laughs> back in the 80s, you know, and it's good. In a way, I like it that it's accessible, but I think that, strong imagery has been diluted a bit. I mean, it's great everybody's getting tattoos and piercings now, but there was a point where in England that really wasn't the norm. It was um, it was quite a weird thing. But to answer your question, I think it's all gone right. It's hard to know its stories because I was always really fascinated with kind of um, Native American culture and the imagery. And that obviously influenced a lot of the punk rights people I was mentioning, Susie and some of those people, and Jordan. There was a woman, Jordan, who um, was just a total innovator. She was the first to really do... She actually did, like, what I mean, Picasso-type makeup. Got these big... I don't even... I'm not on about Jordan with a blow oh, no. balloon uh, breast. But, yeah, Jordan in the 70s, she just had those... She was the first, really, to do the whole gravity-defying kind oh, of spikes. And and she would just get on the train up to, you know, suburban South London with business people just like, what the fucking planet have you come from? So, you know, it's kind of, they were obviously influenced by the tribal thing and then it all goes round and round. So it's hard to know. I just like I just like really strong imagery. Mm -hmm. And I think um even though there is the political side and there's obviously issues with the environment and, and um trouble with indigenous people and violation of vandalism, global um, environmental vandalism on the land. I think, um, I forgot my thread again. I've ranted yeah, on. Well, I, um, I think what I was trying to say is, yeah, I forgot, sorry. Well, I think Typical it's, it's, me. It, what I was going to ask is, um, so you mentioned sort of the, the political and the socially yeah, conscious yeah. aspect of it. I oh mean, yeah, sorry, did yeah. It, did it start as more of an aesthetic thing? Like, um, no. Or, or was there always a political kind of vein? In yeah, I think there's, I mean, one thing that's caught, I think sometimes when people see the current theme, which the indigenous stuff, and they look back at some of my early work, which is a bit, you could say, for the use of a bit of a bit more Francis Bacon, 
the common thread with with a lot of my my work is it involves human beings. It's imagery of me and you, and you know, Homo sapiens. But there's always a very strong kind of emotional element as well. And I just really like and like when I was a kid, you know, when my mates were like getting into nice synth pop, I was kind of drawn into images of kind of weird looking pops, you know, people who your mum wouldn't kind of want you hanging out. You know, <laughs> I was always a bit drawn to that kind of darker kind of and getting books of the occult out of the library and just almost like getting banned as a child from getting fucking bringing these like weird occult books because the imagery was just really weird just page after page of this very strong imagery and and I think with me it, yeah it's hard to answer your question because it's all to me it's all kind of linked up but um I've always been aware from very young age, again, with the punks in a lot of bands like Crass and Conflict that I went to, they were taught, and even with earlier with people like X-Ray Specs, Polystyrene in the 70s, she was singing about, you know, this plastic nation and, and McDonald's and this over-consumerism and TV adverts and, you know, we've all got to brush our teeth with these squeaky model citizens and pull the nice boy at school with our bright teeth. And it was like really concerned with consumerism and this plastic fakery that, which still pisses me off and not offends me, I hate that word offend. But you know, it's just something I've never really been interested in. So it's kind of, I've always been drawn to that more organic -y kind of natural nitty grittiness and I think um so with the indigenous thing it goes back to my early thing I was saying the anarcho kind of vegetarian band the bomb save the whales approach to punk rock but also as well it fits in with my love of strong imagery uh you know um just those big colorful powerful faces but so, I try not to do them in a kind of sentimental way they're always different they've always got a bit of attitude a lot of them yeah, a well, bit I of defiance and pride the, about them. The striking thing is, you know, because you can get like, um, say, a photo real portrait. Yeah, it's just very clean cut and like looks really like who it's meant to yeah, be yeah. or whatever. But, but it's then dead. It's that like emotion yeah. that's in your work that is. Yeah, technically that's good, but I just. I just find it dead, I think, um, that we've spoke about this as well, thought of realism. I just find it very static. I think coming back to my mum dying, one thing, because I've never really seen a dead body, um, and seeing somebody you recognise, a loved one, there, it's them, they look like you, but they're not moving, they're not having it. My mum would always have like, a cigarette, and she'd be like, oh, do you want a cup of tea, love? And she'd be like, kind of very northern mum. And it was one of the things that really struck me looking at this corpse, because I was like, well, it looks like my mum, but all this energy in these movements, and even now as I'm talking, my hands are moving. You know, when you see people walking down the street, we don't even have to see our friends' faces. We can tell it's them by the way they carry themselves and the way um, they're walking. And you could argue there's kind of aura in a way, the energy they give off. So I think with a lot of the paintings, what I do is, yeah, it's a bit of a backlash from, you were saying, that very perfect clinical photorealism. I'm trying to, without involving video of moving images, is I'm trying to capture some kind of aura of people. And even though the detail is there, it anchors you, um, the eyes and things. I'm trying to create this aura and just add a bit of life. And let's be honest, it's, it's more fun because I like the detailed bits, but, you know, I like flicking pain and... You know, I just find, try and look for different ways to flick paint across the studio like a, a I always liked child. it that you always paint what you want to paint. Yeah, You're not going to yeah. go down the easy route like, oh, 
there we go pretty female portraits yeah yeah because that doesn't interest you no, um, no i like it how people take to your work yeah yeah regardless like the usual comments the eyes the, the eyes. eyes yeah they have so much yeah. soul in them so you know even if you paint someone from you know different part from africa yeah to different people, people would always recognize no, that eyes. it's your yeah. work because yeah. of those trademark eyes. Yeah, I think it's that human, it's just the human element. I mean, they are a bit exaggerated, my eyes, that there's a bit of artistic license going in, but I think it's just that human, I think that, that human element that wins, as Nelly was saying, I, I think people recognize it. And I was painting in a country, I won't go into detail, but there were, uh, the older generation, it was quite in an elderly area, and there were, yeah, there was clearly some racism going on, and um, and it was weird. I get this a lot when you're painting. A lot of artists do. On the first day of a log, was like, "Oh, you! What the fuck are you doing? That looks crap." <laughs> and then the second day, they're like, "Oh, that looks alright. Do you want a cup of tea?" And by the third, and then by the fifth day, they know all your business and your best mates, and you're gonna. But with some places, because of I paint a lot of people of colour, there is that palette. You know, it it does some. Very, very rarely it happens. In London, people love the stuff because it fits in. But there are areas where people are like, why are you coming here and painting black people? We don't have black people. But what I notice happening is what Nelly said. As the detail goes in and then the eyes get them and you can see, I can turn around off the scissor lift and you could just see that, that they're not, they're just tuning in with the human eyes and they're, they're forgetting all this colour and the indigenous and the tribal and the, the theatrics. And it just hits them like bang. And it's hard to argue that because we're all human beings, we've all got a heart and I think it just stops people in the tracks. And I like that as well. I like that it's as we were chatting, it has got that kind of wild kind of otherworldliness about it where people are like, what the fuck? But it also grabs them because they can see the emotion. And um, I don't, as Nelly was saying, I don't think a lot of artists, I'm not saying I'm the only one, but a lot of artists, I think sometimes find it hard to find some of that emotional element to the work. It is a bit more like advertising and it's a bit glossy, sexy white girl. Not there's anything wrong with painting that, but it lacks something. That's as, just not what interests Yeah, I, I like some of those because, you know, it's about life, isn't it? People do die and we're human beings and we're kind of... Um, you know, we're dealing with things all the time, On a, even though it was in subconsciously we're not always aware of it, you know, we're people and, and we're governed by our hearts in a way. And um, So I think that's why the work, that's why it just works on me. Um, so where have you painted? Because do you get a different reaction in different countries? Like what? what Everybody what hates me equally everywhere. <laughs> no, um, no, you see the same thing. This is what's interesting. Um, you see the same thing. Certainly as the mural comes on, um, I mean, I was painting in, La, let me see if I can pronounce it right, Las Alcatheres, Las Alcatheres, something, anyway. The locals would laugh at me, but... Um, is that in South America? Or uh, no, it's in South of Spain. South of Spain. And, um, and it's funny because it's, um, there's a lot of, um, um, oh, I think they like to call themselves expats if you're white and British. Oh, yeah, not, not an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot, it was... 
rather just concerted people coming up. We were like, this woman, she was like, hello, love, where are you from? And I was like, well, I can obviously see here where you're from. She said, I'm from Leeds. And I was like, I can tell, love. So it's funny being in the middle of spending all these really kind of aging northern, like, oi, what are you doing? So, um, but to answer your question, you see the same thing, like, first day is like, what's this interloper doing on you should wall. just learn a few sentences in a language that no one knows, like Finnish. And when yeah, they come up to yeah. you, just tell them fluently and don't speak yeah, your language. Yeah, I've pulled that one before. I had a weird... I used to do it with the police. I'm digressing, but I had this really weird thing if the police ever used to come up to me. And I, I used to pretend I couldn't speak or hear or anything. <laughs> it was a really weird... And at the last time I did it, somebody witnessed it and they went... Damn, you were really weird. And that cop wanted to punch him, but actually not down away. I know it worked, it wound him up. But I've done it a bit. But the whole point is you do chat to people when you're paid. But I know what you're saying sometimes. If, if the language is, is out of the equation, then it, it simplifies things. But I do see the same thing. People are like, day one, what the hell are you doing? Day two, oh, oh, you can paint a bit. Oh, I like that top lip. And on the third day, is like, morning or hello or whatever. One or two, so whatever they shout in the day of the night, and um, so you see this um, like a... relationship building, and then people's kind of um, defense system comes down. I mean, there's always going to be people who hate it and kind of go, "That's crap," um, but most people like you kind of end up winning them over. It's in okay. A way. You do a bit of serial killing on the side, so yeah, a bit of a, a, so a slash and dump. I was going to say, yeah. so you guys went did a project in Romania. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. three years ago, yeah. yeah. Not to associate Romania with zero. No, not at all. No, that. yeah. Um, but yeah, what what were you guys doing out there? It was it was a project you got me involved. Nelly did. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, you you yeah, know um, as much about it. One so. of my friends who's from uh, Romania and studied in London at Central Saint Martins connected me with a festival, which was all about music. They had workshops, different creative workshops. Yeah. And the lady said, well, we still have budget for two artists. But the deadline was really, yeah. really, like in two, three weeks. So one of the people I recommended was Dale. And he was available. So we went out there. I was helping him out. And uh, actually in Romania, we got a really good reception. Yeah, yeah. Where we were in Arad, they had no street art by professional artists. So... Your yeah, works yeah, was... were the first one in the city. Yeah, it was quite a change. Yeah, it was. But it was funny because you, you, for whatever reason, you missed your flight. And but I, oh, the morning, because there was Mr. Zen's out there and me, and we got a because as I was saying earlier, there, there's a certain generation of Romanians are really into like English culture. Like I was saying, the football and the kind of cars, and um, it's probably changed a bit because everybody's looking to you know, America and American culture and uh, especially a lot of young people. But it was bizarre. So we we came down to breakfast and all of a sudden, because I didn't know the results, and all of a sudden it's like, um, oh, what's that wanker called? Nag Nigel Farage. He was on this big screen and, and I think Mr. Zen said oh, something. It, yeah, the, the morning, the results really? come through. Oh, but of wow. all the places, because they're very, there's a certain generation that are very kind of into a lot of British culture and quite fascinated by that, especially football and things. And so it was kind of, and it, you, I did, I spent a lot of time, I don't know if you remember that, people were like, hey, did you paint that? I really love that. Why do you hate it so much? Why are you leaving? And it, it, it was, the conversation was coming up a lot. We were saying, like, firstly, I, I'm not responsible for all the British people. I'm not, you know, um, 
I'm kind of. Um, I just pretended I'm, I'm not with him. Yeah, and you just questions came just, up. Nelly just she was like, "I'm Hungarian, leave me alone." Yeah, okay. but it, yeah, it was interesting time in that country because they were totally baffled and felt a bit hurt and a bit like, "Why would you want to do?" What? And I agreed with them. You know, there were some people in Romania I chatted to who were like, "Yeah, we." Be- it kind of showed me. said, yeah, we believe in divisions. You have to stick to your nation, do as you're told. Keep your elbows off the table. No, you place the... I picked up a bit of that, but I have certainly gathering what Mr. Zen said. We're not of that way of thinking. I'm quite a... I'm not into borders and tribes and, you know, I left that for a few centuries ago. I think, you know, the world is a smaller place and we need to just embrace... You know, we've all we've got is each other. We need to help each other, especially in these times. So it was bizarre, yeah, going to Romania and, and the heat was just phenomenal. It, oh, it, it was, was just, crazy. Yeah, especially really for us living in the UK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, had to, we had to tell the organisers if we don't get the big umbrella, we're not going to yeah, carry on with the work. They yeah. trapped them on those big pub, like, almost like they'd have like a wedding underneath. Oh, like they just a parasol. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like with a four, but it was huge and God knows where it came. Just, I just came back to my wall like Bono coming back from the center and there was this big fuck off like ten, but it was a lifesaver. You know, I'm from Little Accrington. We don't, we don't really get that kind of temperature, but that was hardcore actually, Romania. There was, but but it was nice while we were in the shade, yeah, enjoying well, we the, the shade. heat. Yeah, yeah. If, so. you, if you had to pick, would you prefer uh, like pissing down with oh. rain, horrible, or like baking heat? It's a tricky one. It's in some days I've had the same thing. I've been, I've had my underwear, and my phone. Well, not my underwear, damaged. But I've been soaked to my smalls and had my phone damaged. In the same day, I've had really bad sunburn. So painting out, yeah, you get you get it in both in one day, um, and that's I, I been in other countries. But you, that's quite common in England to get we paint and both. We don't drenched. like extreme yeah. sun, and we don't yeah. like uh, extreme rain. No, no. I mean, like I said, the rain gives me that fighting spirit. I said, right, you bastard, I'm not going to give up. I think I painted up first a few years ago, and it absolutely fucked it down. And I'm annoying it. It really was... And I was determined. I thought, right, I can't paint any detail. There's this huge one. I thought, I'm just going to grid it up. So I'll just measure along. And as I was saying earlier, it's called the wipe spray cover. So, and it was like MTN 94, which is like super glue anyway. So it was like wipe spray cover. And some of it, it's spirit based, but some of it gripped. And it meant for like three hours in this absolutely horrendous weather. And I just recovered from my snapped Achilles. I think I was just... Snapped Achilles? Yeah, I ripped it off. So I, I'd just come out of the moon boots. Uh, my leg was still very vulnerable. And I was just on one. And there was another artist who was on a cherry picker. I was on this big scissor lift on one side. And this other artist was... I won't mention his name because he might not want to be mentioned. But it was really raining and he was like, I'll just see what Dale's... And he could just peek around the corner the way this uh, scissor lift was angled. And he came around the fence and it was just like... And it was always still working. I'll give it 40 minutes. So he went back and I'll see if that Dale, that Northern guy. So he came back around, Pete around the side of his building on his level, still there. And I was like, oh, fuck it. This guy's a bit of a nutcase. But it's kind of, I like, I kind of like that idea that um, you just keep going and keep going. And um, it's nice because I think some, we're sort of governed by the weather a lot of the time. We can't do this and we can't do that. And I think it's nice just to kind of... Uh, be a I bit think like, fuck every, it and just get on with it, really. Every wall I helped you out on so far, 
had its unique challenges, all yeah, of them, yeah. for one reason or another. Yeah, yeah, there's always, there's always a trauma to be had, <laughs> and you can never plan them. I mean, I get really stressed, but once, you, you know, I do a lot of planning beforehand, and I get quite stressed about it, but while you're there, you just got to get on with it, haven't you, really? There's yeah, you always... just have a mental tick list and just have to get on with yeah. it, that's it. Yeah. Especially, do you find the stress like helps you, or does it just stress you out? Um, no, it doesn't. I mean, it probably. I mean, because I don't sleep very well. So I remember talking about Germany. I saw some press pictures. I really look unwell. I looked like I'd been on the crack for many, many years. I was physically and mentally. I was shocked actually when I saw these pictures on the last, the day after the meal. I've been I was there for we were there for about a week, weren't we? Or something like five, six days. Eight and a half days. Oh was it and I just at the end I was having no sleep, but you're doing like ten oh. hour days. And I saw these pictures and I thought, who is that crack wizened little old man? And I was like, it's you um <laughs> so yeah, it can really take it out of you. I mean that in particular oh. Yeah, so if you're not sleeping you're kind of you know, you could just end up you're kind of you're not even playing catch anymore. Right? I remember you're just like when running we, on empty. We were fine in Germany because you just have to get on with the with the work, and we didn't. We hardly had any free time anyway. No, no, you and never do. And when no. we got back, we just got on the tube here after leaving <laughs> the airport, and we were sitting opposite each other, and that's when both of us crashed. You yeah. could see it on us. <laughs> so three days. <sighs> After that, I was just sitting home on the sofa with a blanket watching yeah. funny movies because physically I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. And that was the same time when I was uh, in Shoreditch once we got back from Germany. Yeah. And I bumped into a guy who paints really big walls all over the world. And he just came back a few months before from Paris painting a huge wall. And then he's like, oh, Nelly, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm dead. I'm I dead, said, yeah. I do not know how you guys paint these yeah. big surfaces. And he doesn't use an assistant ever. Mm. And he said to me, when I came back from Paris, painting that huge wall for a week, I couldn't, yeah. even, couldn't work, not even in the studio with brushes. Yeah. So it's not just us. It takes yeah. you out of everyone. Yeah. But do you, does it sort of like drain you and then give you a sense of satisfaction or is it just like i'm dead like this is this was well too with much. me it's weird because it's funny because um i bumped into some artists that just move around the corner from me and um they were saying oh they just flake out on the settee but uh, with me it's the opposite because i'm quite buzzing um i, I just want to paint again so it's a nice time just to sit and have the cats in the studio and do some uh, oil painting, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to flake out, but it, it, it's not in my nature. So you just get yeah. home and Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I've had a day off, but I'm, yeah, it's, I'm, it's never more. I'm not going to be all hard or anything, but I just got that, you know, um, buzz, really. And it's weird because you kind of like, it's like you've spent, um, you've spent ages painting in the studio and it's like, You've been doing a prog rock album, mixing it for 10 years, and you go out. It's a bit like that, the opposite way around. You just end up that you kind of sat where you talk to your cat in, um, in your studio, and the day before you yes, could you be getting, yeah, getting. So, yeah, it's two worlds, but I like those two extremes. You know, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Kind of being in the rain and sun, and then talking to your cat in your little leafy North London. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, it's challenging. I mean, I you know I'm mostly a filmmaker, photographer, but I've been getting involved with all sorts of stuff, uh, buffing walls. 
Oh, if you, have they got you yeah. rotting, Buff, yeah. Buffing water. Oh, that's a good workout, isn't it? Yeah. Battered yeah. by the elements and stuff. Yeah. Rolling's a tough one. It's actually quite a tough job, isn't it? Yeah. Physically, because you kind of, and it can be quite tough on your lower back. If you, yeah, yeah, you need yeah, to be yeah. careful with that one, yeah. Definitely. Don't that's, get that's rocked why I, into any dangerous That's activities. why I'm prepping your smaller surfaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted wallowing walls. I try and avoid them, of course. So. <laughs> I do, yeah, because it's, it's physically quite grueling, isn't it, as you know. So, yeah. Um, cool. So I wanted to sort of loop back um, to a point you were making about the Brexit and the divisions. Oh, yeah. And, and use that to sort of segue into your work with the Free West Papa yeah, campaign. Yeah, Papa campaign, yeah. Could you just sort of give us an insight into, well, firstly, like what the campaign is and secondly, yeah. what you're doing with, yeah. with it? Um, I mean, I, just, I think people think it was quite orchestrated, but I, I found out about, because I've heard, like most people, we've heard of Papua New Guinea and things. But um, we don't really know what's going on on the left of the island. It's almost like a Berlin Wall down the middle. But when I was, you know, chatting to a lot of people in Papua New Guinea and learning and, and painting the imagery, I wasn't aware of what was going on in West Papua, which is on, um, still like under colonial rule by the Indonesians. So I didn't know all this. It was all like, hey, let's paint some jolly indigenous people. So I kind of learned, everyone like, you were just being political and ranty and dogmatic as usual. And I was like, I wasn't actually... I, I started, I don't even know, it wasn't any particular moment that I found out about it. And the more I read, I kind of was like, fuck, this is... And it reminds me of, like, demos, but, God, back in the 90s with Palestine. Now we all will talk about the Israel-Palestine, we're going into it. But we're, it's a campaign the West and everywhere have picked up on and people have regular discussions about it. But I remember when Palestine was still back in the 90s on demos, it was still a very kind of grassroots campaign. And, and I think... So what I've d decided to do for my love of hopeless causes, in a way, is I've been championing the West Papua, Free West Papua campaign as much as I could. Um, and just chatting, again, we were talking about chatting to people on the street, and, and it's definitely having a, an effect, because what's happening in Papua is, is that they don't, I'm not saying they don't need any money for the campaign, but they're getting funded as well. Lush do a lot of funding, I think, in America and Germany. So they just need people to listen. Um, because basically what's happening is um, the Dutch c colonised um, the west of the island centuries ago and, and, and did what they did as colonials do. But I think really in um, the 1950s, basically just like a, I don't know, just like a can of beer. They just handed it over to, um, to the Indonesians. And um, so the, the, the local people and the tribes, indigenous people, weren't consulted there was no um, option for kind of self-determination. And so these people have just been banded around. Now, what's going on in the world is the Indi Ind Indonesians have, have um, they've kind of done a bit of a media blackout, and that's why we're not seeing it. They were very, um, and I probably, I'm not even as famous as Jeff, Jeff Coons or Damon Hirst, and people think I'm fucking joking. I say, I've got a, it would be dangerous for me to go into Indonesia because they're very, very... Um, they're very, very um, sensitive to criticism because there's a big, there's a Freeport gold mine. Are you, is it all starting to add up now? There's one of the biggest gold mines in the world in Papua. BP are in Papua, the West Papua, and they're extracting natural gas. So there's all this big investment in there. So they don't want to just trot out and leave 
the indigenous people back to the lands. There's a lot of money. So the Indonesians who were kind of led in the Brits and, and the Americans used the gold mine, they've got a lot of reasons to suppress it. So it's little old me, really. I haven't got this big team of people. Like I said, Damien Hirst, we've got this big PI team and this 50 Nellies who are rolling wheels. At the minute, it's just kind of me and... And that's quite now. There's a bit of a, as I was saying earlier, there's a bit of a culture growing globally. Of, yeah, let's do uh, free West Papua murals in Australia and in mainland Europe. So it's start. I'm not saying I've caused it, but it, it's becoming a thing now, and people are starting to talk about it and things. But just these people. I mean, even for basic. I mean, even just basic um, peaceful protest. There. What what they do, the Indonesian military, they they will have trumped up charges. So say you, for example, were an agitator, they'll, they'll arrest you and get you into prison, then when you're in prison, you'll have your throat cut or you'll be strangled. Benny Wendu, who's in exile now, him and his wife in, in um, live in Oxford. This is what happened to Benny. He was the chief of his tribe, and he, was, he saw a lot of his family raped and killed when he was a little kid. So he's been in opposition to the Indonesians ever since. Um, but that's what they did to him. And it's kind of bizarre, sat across from a kitchen table having a cup of, nice cup of, northern cup of tea. And people say, well, you know, they tried to cut my throat once and then they tried to get me again and strangle me. And he had to fight for his life. And luckily, he was on the lucky ones. He got out of um, out of West Papua. And, and so, so where is he resident? He's, like I said, in Oxford. Now he's, oh, Oxford. he's in exile and he wouldn't be able to go back. And... Um, so, yeah, he survived, but there's many, many people. There's just systematic rape and murder and torture. It's not even funny. It, it, it's quite shocking when you start reading how bad it is. You'd think, well, why isn't the Western media interested? But like I said, it's still an early campaign, and I like to think I'm helping towards spreading, you know, uh, some awareness and chat. just people on the street, like I said, just chatting to people. But I think we're a long way away from... It is growing, even since I've been involved, like the last five years, you, you're definitely starting to... And definitely on the street, I see people, I turn up in Germany, they're like, yeah, I know about the Free West Papua campaign. Like, yeah. So it's kind of... It is spreading a little bit, but it's early days and it's quite heartbreaking. I mean, the the, the national flag is illegal, you know, um, in the country. So on the 1st of December, globally, we try and have a... Uh, the Morning Star, it's called. So we try and... Um, have a flag waving um, event and we had it in um, on one of the bridges was it Westminster Bridge and there was about 12 of us there I mean could you imagine for like a Brexit pro or anti-Brexit in London that they're big massive major like the recent uh, March Civil Week you know we're talking tens and tens of thousands of people it's quite soul destroying you know to see 12 people on a London demo so it's kind of just illustrates the point I they just need people, you know, to raise awareness um, for them. And at the minute, they're just being killed off and, and there's not a lot. And it's very difficult to get into Papua. I mean, I was chatting to Peter Tatchell, who's more famous for people always associate him to do with gay rights. But he's a massive international human rights person, ambassador. And he's involved with West Papua and... He said, you just wouldn't stand a chance getting in. They're really, really quite strict. So uh, no holidays in Indonesia for me, thanks. Uh, I'm going to have a, a wet weekend in Morecambe, I think. Um, but did that answer your question? Did we cover well, it? Um, I, was, I was just wondering as well. Passionate uh, how, babblings. How, how there, much so. of your, um, 
work and stuff would have been seen by the natives and stuff? Or like, are, are people sort of aware of... Yeah, in, like in Papua New Guinea, yeah. Like, um, I always wanted, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like this huge star in Los Angeles, but my main fan base is in West Papua. <laughs> Sorry, in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, because a lot of the images I use, a lot of the more famous... Um, People from like Mount Hagen and outside of Port Moresby and things, they're from map right, as well as I was explaining earlier, map left is, there's literally a line when you look on the map in the middle of the island. So I'm not sure really in how much they're getting in the west because uh, of the island. So they I are. don't know, but certainly in Papua New Guinea, yeah, I'm quite well known there because they're very proud people and they're very proud of the customs of their imagery and and yes, yeah, I get a lot of stuff on social media and stuff, and it's lovely to know that it's, you know, um, that it is reaching people. But with the West Papua, I just don't know because of the political military situation. I like to think they can see it and it gives them hope and things, but I don't know. It's hard to tell. I'm sure they can because when people post your work um, on social media, they usually use the free West Papua hashtag. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's another good thing that the public now actually knows that that's the hashtag to go yeah, with your work. Yeah, it's yeah, they all do. The modern yeah. days. I've yeah. told loads of people off. It's oh, lovely, beautiful mural by Dale Grimms. I said, put the free West Papua hashtag. Um, so yeah, people are starting. But yeah, as we were saying earlier, everybody's learning and picking up things. But yeah you're right people are starting to add it now so it's just building this kind of momentum and well i suppose that kind of loops back to what we were saying earlier about the how social media has changed the, yeah. the game now because i suppose if you're doing a free west pepper campaign and murals yeah. 15 years ago yeah it it may or may not gain the similar sort of yeah you're right out. actually yeah yeah we have got it's weird in a way because the internet is doing some quite bad things, but it's also giving us a lot of power, isn't it? We like if you go into a, a you know a business and you don't like the way that they talk to you, you can really kind of you know you can be can be quite detrimental to the business. You all the reviews if they get bad reviews, and it's a little bit like that with with politics. It can work either way, can't it? Because You've got the left wing and the right wing, and everybody's now got this platform online, so everybody's got a bit more of a say. But I think it's, I don't know, I know people have criticized it. I think it's a good thing. It's, yeah. um, well, I suppose it's a tool, it's a platform, yeah. it's, you know, people will use it yeah. in different ways. Yeah, good and bad. Yeah, but I think it's good. Yeah. I so, just checked oh. it, there's 18.5 thousand hashtags. Which what is free best popular. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah, there you go. on Instagram. And I did every single one of them. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, thank you, Nana. See, here's my uh, my uh, social media advisor, statistics <laughs> advisor. Here. So, yeah, he yeah. usually gets a text from me if he didn't post for a week. Like yeah, they'll post on yeah. post on social. Oh. Oh, can I just ring you back in a short? Well, we'll just. Yeah. My my assistant Nelly's here. What time is it, Nelly? Please. Uh, four minutes past eight. Four. Oh right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to be winding up soon. So sorry about this. Oh. Right. You could always swing by and scoop me up. No. All right. Don't worry. I'll. I'll yeah. Don't worry. All right. I'll speak to you in a minute. I will do. That's a good plan. All right. Speak to you in a minute. Over. Right.
Oh, sorry about that. I didn't no, no. It's, it's, it can be. I, I, we are not live. It can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, I got sorry. It's my point. Um, I just had to. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, yeah. Well, so I wanted to, um, I guess, because we've. I think we're going to try and aim for an hour and a half. Yeah. And we're at hour 18. Right. So it'd probably be good to talk about um, what you're currently doing. You've got a show on soon. Yes. Is it open yeah. soon or is it open uh, currently? No, it's opening next Thursday, which is the 11th of April at Well Hung Gallery in London. And um, it was a lovely gallery, yeah, lovely people, lovely to work with. And um, yeah, so that's, um, I've done a show there before about two years ago. Um, in, intermediate show in Sweden and then yeah next week opening there but I'm also doing a mural as well um, next Tuesday which is will be about the 9th or something will it? yeah I don't know as people know I don't paint a lot I'm not one of those people I'm, I'm out every week it's kind of um, but yeah so, so it's a bit more special when I do go out and paint It's cause, mm. and it's well, good well, that it's I desire it but I don't do it all the time now so it's it's kind of nice when I flip my slippers off and take my rollers out and get out there painting. So yeah, I'm going to do a mural and then there'll be a show and um, yeah, yeah. Where Whereabouts is the mural going to be? It's going to be da, 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 just off Quick Lane, yeah, yeah, so... The usual, but it's a nice... We uh, pop by for tea. Yeah, pop by <laughs> yeah. for tea and scones. But yeah, and then I'm going, I'm in America, uh, I'm going to Italy, um, and then America. and Yeah, there's a few things. Last year I was painting away quite a lot, it's quite grueling, but this year... It's hard to get a nice balance, because you want to be invited out to do murals, but then I want time to come back and sit with my cats and do my oil painting so it's getting that balance of there um, is balance but not like yeah. a monthly balance yeah because you when you go abroad that's usually in the summer yeah yeah so. yeah yeah I'm t you're right i tend to be painting more in the winter time and the summer is um as my assistant pointed out um i'm out painting in uh yeah but it's, it's almost hibernating for the winter. yeah it is a bit yeah like i said it's those two different worlds and it can get yeah it can get a bit bit weird being on, I mean, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't get into painting if you don't like being on your own because you just got to get on with it in your studio, really. But I like it. I like both worlds. But yeah, it can, and those cold, long winter days, you can end up feeling a bit like, oh, cabin fever. So, um, like last yeah. December when we painted three days in the rain at oh, the beginning yeah. of December. What was that one? What was that? Uh, that was the XXX work. Oh yeah, oh in yeah. Camden, yeah. yeah. Where a car drove over the back of my leg and nearly ripped my other Achilles off. I was yeah, yeah. You reminded me of that. That was scary. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> always something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time we paint, there's something else. But you know what was really weird? It was like a Damien Orman. I fell on the floor. I just thought my because it drove. I actually felt the car wheel go over the back. You know, and it was it. What it if it had carried on, what it would have done is just flattened the top front of my foot against my shin bone, so it would have just crushed it. And I thought it ripped it up. But the weird thing is, as I fell to the floor, it'd be really dramatic. I'm like, oh my God, it's ripped my other Achilles. There was some guy, you know, you get those guys with the big Dr. Martin signs. Or, you know, they, they can't do an advert, but they just pay some punks, mm. literally, you know, to hold us. Do you remember there was a guy stood on the corner having a cigarette and he popped up his big billboard sign and as I was on the floor going like, ah, the car just drove over my foot. 
The wind blew and this fucking big square piece of wood went. Do you know I remember? Went to hit me in the face. It was like some of the like almond mover. <laughs> I, I was supposed to do the uh, Carmina Burana tune, but I, I sounded like a, a pissed, cracked up kazoo player from Kazakhstan. But yeah, it was so weird. The car just. And then like, this fucking sign went smack me in the face. Like insult that, to injury. Yeah, it was weird. And I was just injury. like, the universe really hates me today. So I've still got a bit of a mark on my little. My could have gone worse. That's yeah, it could. It yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, how did we get there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess a good uh, closing sentiment yeah. is uh, what's your guys' sort of hopes or plans for the future? What, what are you working World on? domination, really. Um, yes, yes. I want to buy an island, preferably in a hot yeah. climate, just the whole island for me. I want them um, to, <laughs> to take over and just. Paint everything. Yeah, and then yeah. it just wants to spread but everything. Yeah. I don't know really, it's just I've got some new it's weird because all people see is of late is the indigenous stuff, but I've been working on side projects at home on works that nobody's ever seen. Nobody believes me, but yeah, I mean I've got loads of ideas in my head, it's just getting bloody time to get them down and Sometimes things don't work, sometimes they I do. I am going to push you for that book. Y you need a book. Nelly thinks I need a yeah, book. Yeah, for so, a few yeah. years I've been, Dale, so, you need a book. Yeah, yeah, I think she's right. Yeah, because there's a lot of back catalogue now of different styles. And like I was saying earlier, it would be a sh it's a shame when things aren't documented in a way, whether it's a big mural or a book or something. Because, you know, artists move gradually and it's a shame not to to capture a particular moment. So yeah, but um, I've got ideas for new work and um, yeah, just create paintings that will just really make me feel really miserable, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've got plans, but um, like I said, I'm in America and Italy and yeah, there's a few things still being sorted out, but yeah. It's weird for me because it's hard. It's different when you're a young artist and you're single and you're all young single and loving to mingle but for me i don't really like being away from home it's kind of quite hard um, well we stopped the partying and the drugs three years ago yeah so, yeah. yeah when that do you remember when that kind of those went boys died? we can't talk about uh, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> solicitors advice yeah. can't. don't mention it yeah one fell from a building there was a swoop some, it was like spinal tap, actually. Somebody well, choked on vomit, but it wasn't the wrong. We can't say it as a fact. Allegedly, yeah. that's allegedly, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody choked on vomit, and I bet it turned out it wasn't the wrong. It was like, as Nella said. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, where was we? Oh, crap, spinal tap jokes. Um, yeah, I'm just, I've got some new ideas on things, so it's just... Um, yeah, it's tricky, really, because you get a style that people, like we were chatting, here, it becomes really familiar, and people yeah, that's such a artist's work, or that's Dale's work. And it, you kind of paint yourself into a corner in a way, and I don't know if other artists really, they find, find this particular theme or style or a, a certain taunt of his work. And then they're kind of worried, like, oh, should I try and move it on? And it's difficult, really, to know how far you can push things. Certainly in the past, I've jumped with ideas, and I've had some ideas that have just fallen flat on my face. And at the time, it was quite depressing, and quite soul destroying but you again you you kind of learn from Bounce that back. yeah and you think new. yeah well i wouldn't have done that if that under happened it all comes back kind of to my mum dying the way these things happen and then change the course of your direction and it's only afterwards you go yeah that needed to happen so i think um yeah cool yeah well i think that was um what have we done 
hour 28. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a solid. solid I could podcast. do a little. Do you want to dance while I sing a song for that extra two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's gonna be the video nah, gig, yeah, not that. Antichrist. Um, <laughs> where can people find your works? So um, uh, maybe social media, mm. Instagrams, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, mine is Monopri, M O N O P R I double X, and Dale is on Instagram as Dale underscore Grimshow. Nice. Yes. Well, thank you guys. Can um, I just say? Can I just guess. say one more thing yeah, about yeah, my yeah. name? Because there isn't a year goes by or a month in London where people go, "Hey, mate, that's a really northern name." The funniest thing is when you go to other countries, they come up to you on the first day. I can't do a Spanish accent. People go, "Is that your real name or is that a graffiti name?" And it's just interesting that culture. I just said, "Thank you, thank you for." Because um, yeah, I just get fed up with Dale Wimshaw. So it's nice when you bet abroad. They haven't got a clue about all this. It is quite but a strong. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but when people, yeah, in Romania, they don't have a bloody clue about it. So it's nice. Yes, Dale Grimshaw sounds a bit exotic to some people, believe it or not. <laughs> and on that note, da 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 da, pop pop.